Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Welcome to episode 100 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and I am very glad that you have joined me for this very historic podcast, number 100. Hard to believe that number 100 is already here, but over the course of the last two years, in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of so many other things, this has been a constant for me, and it has been such a blessing for me to be able to do this podcast, but also to be able to accompany and walk with each of you. So know of my gratitude for each of you being here today. And I decided that I'd go back to my roots, you might say. So this week's Food for the Head, Heart, Hands, and Feet is focusing upon those things that we need anytime in our lives, even though it's the beginning of Advent, the beginning of a new church liturgical year, the fact is, is that we need these four steps, the four steps to holiness that I always speak about. And I focused upon those in my podcast in focusing upon the importance of Eucharist and our understanding of it, of our need to deepen our prayer, the desperate need that we have, especially in a world that is so looking for it to grow in virtue so that we may be able to model what love and mercy is for others. And then of course, how can we grow in trust? How can we learn to abandon ourselves to God's will in trust so that we can be obedient to it and so that again, we can live it out in our life of discipleship. So again, thank you so much for joining me for episode 100 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I hope you enjoy it and I'll see you on the flip side. Hey everyone, Christina Simmons with Say Yes to Holiness here. And just a gentle reminder that if you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the entire podcast on your favorite streaming platform. So you can find it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on all sorts of different platforms. So make sure to go and check it out to get the full podcast experience. So our food for the head comes from St. Ambrose. And he says... This bread is bread before the words of the sacrament. But when the words of Christ come to it, it is the body of Christ. Before the words of Christ, it is a cup full of wine and water. When the words of Christ become operative, the blood which has redeemed the people is caused to be there. So it is amazing when you think about St. Ambrose, so this is back in the 4th century, so in the 300s. Actually, just as a side note, St. Ambrose was responsible. He was the Bishop of Milan in Italy, and he was responsible for helping St. Augustine, who became one of the great saints of the early church. 
he helped St. Augustine come to conversion of heart and mind. And this is why this is food for the head, because so often we get all mixed up in our heads about what is going on in the midst of the Eucharist. And St. Ambrose clearly outlines exactly what's going on here. He speaks about it, and you're like, is that really what's going on? You got bread, you got a cup full of wine and water, and the words are spoken, and the reality changes. And for us, I think it can be hard to accept, let alone comprehend it. But if we go back and we think, you know, about the fact that the word, Jesus, who is the living word, has power, then it doesn't seem so hard to comprehend. But it does seem like there's some sort of magic formula going on. You know, it's like hocus pocus, hey, you know, wave your hands around, say a few words, and all of a sudden it's some different reality, some, some mysteries going on. And especially for those who are not gifted the grace of faith. It can be very, very difficult to get our heads wrapped around this mystery. But the fact is, is that if we've been listening to Jesus in the Gospels, then we know it's not magic. We know what's going on is that it's just simply the power of the triune God whom we worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all of their glory and power is on display. The fact of the reality that God is all-powerful, that he's omniscient, that he's omnipresent. All of this is on display in that moment. Those two moments in particular that happen within the Mass. Because God allows himself, the infinite, eternal God, allows himself to be bound by time and space and within the very creation that he created. I know I'm kind of going, wow, I can't believe it. And that's where we have to really approach. We have to approach with the understanding of the fact that we're not going to understand it. And sometimes people are like, oh, that's a cop-out. You can't explain it totally. Therefore, it's not really, you know, going on. It's just some magic formula. It's not really a mystery. You just can't explain it. Therefore, it's not real. As if our explaining something makes it real. I'll challenge you and say, are you able to explain how the wind blows? Now, we're able to track where the wind goes. We're able to track how, you know, strong the wind is. But are you able to explain how the wind blows. And actually there's a reason why the Holy Spirit associated with the powerful wind is because it's one of those things that we can't explain completely. But the fact is, is that it's the same thing with love. Can you explain love? We see glimpses of it. We understand when we're experiencing love. Fact is, is that we are doing all that we can in order to be present and this incomprehensible presentation of Jesus is why so many followers left him. 
yeah, people left. They no longer followed him. It was just too difficult to even imagine, let alone understand, and they left. And people are doing that today, aren't they? People, because they don't understand it, and because they can't explain it, just say, it's too hard, or it's not real, because I can't understand it or explain it, and they walk away, because the truth is difficult. And, you know, we have to reflect. Do I truly believe this? Or am I walking away from truths that are too hard in my life? Am I walking away, for example, from the truth that I need to change in order to be able to help others? So the fact is that the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is present in our midst each and every day. He's present in the blessed in the tabernacle in the blessed sacrament, but he's especially present in the mystery of the Eucharist. And we need to be able to say, I don't know, and to come in humility before our Lord and say, Lord, grant me what I need to know, because I know that your word is truth. I know that your word is life. I know that your word is the path that I need to be walking because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He, he is the living word. And when the word comes upon anything in our reality, it will transform it. So the question is, do we believe that it can happen? Our food for the heart comes from St. John of the Cross. He says, never give up prayer. And should you find dryness and difficulty, persevere in it for this very reason. God often desires to see what love your soul has. And love is not tried by ease and satisfaction. Now there's a couple things here that kind of struck me as I, as I was reading this quote. And, you know, one of the first things is, of course, is that we need to persevere in our prayer, even when it's dry, even when it's difficult. Actually, not even, but especially when it's dry and when it's difficult. And it's in these moments when we're persevering, even when it seems like we're not getting anything out of it, even when it seems like it's just too difficult, we have to persevere. Because that's what love does. Love continues to persevere even and especially in those moments when it's most difficult. When it doesn't seem like love is even present. Those are the moments that we have to love. That we have to double down. And this can be hard. This can be extremely hard. Because in a world that doesn't value perseverance, that is always looking for the easy button, always looking for instant gratification, it's especially important that we don't associate love only with we feel good and we get great satisfaction and we feel comfortable. Because true love, true love is about willing the good of the other, 
And when we will the good of the other, we're constantly uncomfortable. Constantly uncomfortable because we're having to step outside of ourselves and become vulnerable. That's hard today, isn't it? So I once heard someone speak about, you know, being a parent is about having your heart walk around outside of your body with your kids. So, you know, the reference is about your kids are walking around and, you know, you can't protect them. You can't, you know, uh, make sure that they're always fine. And that's your heart walking around unprotected. That's how we have to be living. We have to be living from a place and from a space of where we are willing to be vulnerable, of where we are willing to not have all the answers, but rather to humble ourselves and to say, Lord, I don't know. Help me come to know as I need to know. And that's always a hard one, too, because many times we where it's like, well, I need to know this. I need to know. And when you get right down to it, we don't. Do we really need to know how our cars work, for example? No. We just need them to work. So like right now, as I'm doing my podcast and I'm, I'm recording it, and I just need the software to work. <laughs> I don't need to necessarily know how it works. I just need the software to work so that it tapes you know, my, my audio and it gives me a picture and then I'm able to upload it to YouTube for the video and I'm able to upload it into Anchor so I can do the rest of my podcast you know, so, you know, attached to it. And the fact is, is that we are uncomfortable with the not knowing. And God will work with this uncomfortableness. He'll work with this discomfort. He'll work with our unease in order to draw us closer to him because we have to trust him. We have to be obedient to him because we don't know. And this is contrary to what the world tells us. The world tells us we need to be an expert. The world tells us that we need to be viewed as an expert in our field. We need to be doing all of these different things. But especially, don't be uncomfortable. Don't be uncomfortable and don't be dissatisfied. But the fact is, is that this dissatisfaction, this dis-ease, is all about us stepping into that place of where God can work through our weaknesses, of where God is able to take our very fears and make them blessings. These are the things that we have to realize that our impatience or our overwhelm are coming from fear. They're coming from places where we want to see success now because we want to prove that we're capable. Or, you know, we're feeling overwhelmed because we're fearing the uncertainty. We're fearing that we're not going to be in control. Well, that's an illusion anyway, isn't it? But how often do we live our lives pretending that we're in control? I know I do. I know we all do. There's all aspects of our lives where we are acting as if we're in charge and we're not. So this is why prayer is so important. Because we have to be willing to set aside our comfort 
to be able to love well. And we have to be willing to persevere, especially when we're not gaining satisfaction, especially when it might be difficult. Because it's in the doing of these things that we then become more open to all of what it is that God desires for us. Our food for the hands comes from St. Padre Pio of Pietrel. I always say it wrong. Pietrelcina. Pietrelcina. There we go. Pietrelcina. That's usually why most people just call him St. Padre Pio. <laughs> but he gives us beautiful, beautiful wisdom. He writes, Where there is no obedience, there is no virtue. Where there is no virtue, there is no good. Where there is no good, there is no love. Where there is no love, there is no God. And where there is no God, there is no paradise. So we have to remember, just like I was talking about, you know, not giving up on prayer. We have to persevere even in the midst of difficulties and dryness. You know, the fact is, is that every great endeavor, every great undertaking begins with obedience. But we can only be obedient if we are willing to have self-control, if we are willing to be humble, if we are willing to trust. And this is where we have to remember that obedience is only possible when there's virtue. This is why we strive to grow in virtue each and every day. It becomes easier to become obedient the more that we grow in virtue the more that we grow in our capacities to be patient, to be good, to be kind, to be, you know, to, as I said, to have self-control. As we do all of these things, then we're able to be obedient. We're able to be obedient to a vision. We're able to be a, to the, the great vision, the great invitation that each of us have been given to become saints, to become whole so that we are holy. And it's that invitation to greatness and to our personal mission that each of us is going to live out according to our state of life as we become saints in our movable square meter, becoming exactly and fully who we are, what we are, where we are. That is what we are obedient to. It's that vision. And when we are being obedient to something that's greater than ourselves, then again, virtue is being formed. Because virtue comes from good. Virtues are the embodiment of goods, of all that is good and true and beautiful. And that's why virtue is so appealing. This is why virtue is so magnetic. This is why people flock to holy people, to people who are whole. People are drawn to it, just like people were drawn to Jesus, just as people are drawn to saints throughout time. There's always people who are drawn to those who are good, not just because they're good, but because they're virtuous. And there is a difference because when virtue is coming from good, the only way that happens is because it comes from love. And where love is, God is as well. Love 
God is love. And when God is present, there's a possibility for paradise. There's a possibility for us to uh, experience, to catch a glimpse of what heaven is going to look like. In fact, in the Catechism, and I talk about this, so in the Catechism 1830, and I'm paraphrasing here, um, what happens is, is that we provide our efforts to develop the virtues. God infuses us with his grace in order to bring about the fullness and perfection of the gifts that he gave to us at baptism those seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, knowledge, piety, wonder and awe, courage, right judgment, and understanding, so we can experience the first fruits of eternal glory and be visible signs of heaven on earth. And what are those visible signs? Those are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Peace, gentleness, patience, love, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, modesty, generosity, self-control, joy, and chastity. These are all fruits of the Holy Spirit, and these are the windows into heaven. And people are drawn to those people who are windows and glimpses into heaven. That's what we've been designed to be, is to be reflective of God's love and mercy, to be signs of it, to be the light on the hill, to be the leaven in all of what is around us, so that people catch glimpses and their hearts are set on fire. And then they come to know the love and mercy of the God who created them. This is why we must strive to grow in virtue each day. Because when we are thinking and speaking and acting virtuously, then there's good in the world. Not necessarily by our own virtue, because it all is from God's grace. It's all from love, from Him. But this good then gives the possibility that God is able to bring about the redemption of the world with us as his instruments. God can bring about the redemption of the world, and he is. But he desires for us to participate. This is the way of Christ. This is the way of our faith, to be obedient to the Father's will. And from that obedience, all blessings flow. So our food for the feet comes from St. Robert Bellarmine, and he writes, When we appeal to the throne of grace, we do so through Mary, honoring God by honoring his mother, imitating him by exalting her, touching the most responsive chord in the sacred heart of Christ with the sweet name of Mary. I know a lot of people struggle with this whole idea of imploring Mary, um, coming to before God's throne and asking Mary to intercede for us. It's like, why can't I just go to Jesus? You can. But as St. Robert you know, tells us here, that most responsive chord in the sacred heart of Christ over my shoulder is the is a picture of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart. And the fact is, is that Jesus has an especially, especially precious place in his heart for his mother, for good reason. Don't we all have special places in our hearts for our moms? But the fact is, is that when we appeal to Mary, 
then what's happening is, is that we're appealing to that most tender and most precious place of the Sacred Heart of Christ. We're calling upon Him. That's the throne of grace. The throne of grace is the Sacred Heart. And when we appeal through Mary, when we honor Mary, then we honor God. Why? Because we're imitating Him. We're imitating what Jesus Himself does. He honors Mary. This is why we celebrate the Feast of the Assumption and the Feast of the Queenship of Mary. I mean, this is why we do these things. is because God Himself honors Mary. So when we're imitating, seeking to imitate God in all things, when we're seeking to imitate Christ in all things, then we should be calling upon His Mother, our Mother. In fact, He entrusted His Mother to us at the foot of the cross when He entrusted her to His beloved disciple John. And when we entrust ourselves to her, when we call upon her, then, as I said, we're touching the most precious and deepest part of his sacred heart. And that's the power of the name of Mary. It's not her power. It's all the power that Jesus has entrusted to her when he entrusted himself to her. It's no different. So we must never cease to speak it with great joy and pleasure because it brings joy and pleasure to our Lord, to his sacred heart. It brings him great joy and pleasure to hear us speak with reverence, speak with love, the name of his mother, just as he did. So it's something of where we have to be willing to understand that we're not putting Mary first. Rather, we are having Mary bring us and place us first before her son, before the throne of grace. This is the power that we have at our disposal, particularly when we pray the rosary. When we are praying the rosary and we're asking Mary's intercession to come before the throne of grace to bring us before the throne of her son and to say please hear us so when we say hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death all of that comes to fruition and when we do that, then what we have done is that we have brought great joy to Jesus. We brought great joy and pleasure to the Sacred Heart because we imitate Him. And that is what the journey is all about. So what might be some resolutions that we could take from our conversation today? Well, the first is, and there's no better time than right now, we need to examine our lives and determine 
are we living them in accordance with what it is that we profess we believe? So that would be the first one to stop and examine our lives. Look and see where are those areas that I need to grow and allow my understanding of God to deepen and also for me to take action by adjusting those things. That ties into the second resolution, which is there is no better time than now to deepen our daily prayer and meditation commitment. If we're not already spending time each day, then make that commitment to spend time each day. If we are already spending time each day, then are we spending as much time meditating as we are perhaps reading the gospel or reading reflections and different things that will help us enter into meditation. So making sure that our meditation time and our uh, prayer time is in accordance with uh, a good balance. And then finally, of course, are we being obedient to how it is that our Lord is calling us. I talk about hitting God's will on the dot, about detachment, obedience, and trust. And the only way that we can come to become become detached is to seek out our Lord's will. Then we become obedient to it. And then we trust that when we fulfill his will, all things will be well. So those are the few resolutions that we can take in order to apply this conversation from today. Hey everyone, Christina Simmons from Say Yes to Holiness here, and I'm so very excited because it's almost time. Time for what, you might ask? Time for the 40-day celebration of the greatest gift we've ever received. And what might that be? Well, during this Advent and Christmas season, I'm asking you to join me for 40 days of discovery, adoration, and celebration as we focus our minds and hearts on Christ. This 40-day celebration is going to consist of a daily email with a brief excerpt from my own book, Say Yes, Discovering Purpose, Peace, and Abundance in Daily Life, along with a short reflection by me, but most importantly, daily action steps that include prayer prompts, and a daily resolution to help you implement your prayer more fully into your daily life. The goal being that at the end of this 40-day celebration, you'll have grown in your habit of daily prayer and meditation, and also in your capacity to live out a life of virtue more easily, quickly, and with joy. So join the celebration today and go to sayyestoholiness.com forward slash 40 dash day dash celebration. Again, that's say yes to holiness.com forward slash 40 dash day dash celebration. Hope to see you there. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes, or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.